Blog Talk Radio. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died, he wanted my mother, my brother, my sister, and me to grow up and live happy in the land of the free. Now this nation that I love is falling under attack. A mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back. Soon as we could see clearly through our big black eye, man, we lit up your world like the 4th of July. Greetings and good day to all of you. My name is Jason Dice, and you are listening to Vigilant American alongside my good buddy, firearms instructor Chris Siegel. Hey, Chris, how are you? Good to have you back. Doing good, Jason. Good to be back, man. Yep, was up in the People's Republic of Austin uh, last week and was over at the, uh, took my wife up. She had some work to do there in the morning, and then we went over to the Lady Bird Johnson uh, Reserve. Very, very nice, but it was while I was there that I caught wind that Justice Scalia had passed away, and we're going to talk about that. But um, i got to tell you, as soon as I heard it, you were the first person I thought of. The first person I thought of was you, probably down at the gun club, hearing that news. And this is the business that you're in, and uh, the name of the show today is Which Amendment? Um, Because, believe me, there are people uh, that don't believe there there might be a time in our country's future where people will say, which amendment used to guarantee people the right to own and bear arms? It is not – it's not just crazy um, rednecks and Texans – talking about the government taking our guns anymore. There, There is now a legit, legitimate judicial possibility that we're looking at a situation where the court is going to have a majority of people who do not believe that you and I and our friends and neighbors um, have the right to responsibly own their arms. A little scary. Well, quite true. And then if you add in the mix that if Bernie Sanders gets elected, it's pretty much all but guaranteed. Yeah, well, I said elections matter, and uh, I think there were a lot of people that sat at home in, in 2012, and this is what happens. This is, to me, I've always thought, um, I remember when I was the president of the College Republicans at San Antonio College. I went on to be the president of the College Republicans at the University of Texas at San Antonio, but my first little elected student gig was the San Antonio College Republicans, and we hosted a debate between, at the time, the candidates for district attorney in San Antonio, Ray Fuchs and Steve Hilbig. Of course, Steve Hilbig went on to win, which is kind of funny that I thought Ray Fuchs won the debate. But I'll never forget Mr. Hilbig saying something that has stayed with me. This was 1990. Yeah, 1990. So we're talking a long, long time ago. And he said, the laws that the DA enforces impact your life far more than anything the president will ever do. And I, and I think he's right because, you know, all politics is very, very local, but the one thing that a president can do that can impact people years and years and years after he's left office is appoint people to the Supreme Court. We've got a brilliant constitutional system. This is when it gets a little scary for guys like us. Yep. It does. You know, we, we they put Robertson, they thought he was a, a lock to be a conservative. He's proved to be a real disappointment. I have a lot of problems with, with the happenstance of Scalia's passing, but again, I'm not going to put on an aluminum foil hat quite yet. But it's just very strange. No, no. It, it was conducted <laughs> yeah, well. like no, no investigation I've ever heard of. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I I didn't used to buy into all that stuff, but again, as I've told you many times, I'm 48 years old, and there are times when I look around at what's happening and do honestly feel uh, like I'm living in a very, very different country from the one that I was born, which, by the way, was in Austin, Texas back in 1967. But um, a couple of weeks ago, i got to tell you, I had the opportunity for the first time, we've been doing the show a while, but for the first time was there at the gun club when the class was going on. I wanted to give you some of my first observations and get your comments on it. Um, and, of course, I should mention the show, The Vigilant American, is brought to you by the McQueenie Gun Club. Chris, it's always good to mention the sponsors, right? The McQueenie Gun Club yes, and Benelli Firearms. And Benelli Firearms. Uh, like I've said many, many times, folks, if all you've done up to this point is look at us on Facebook, maybe listen to the show or heard about us from a friend, I'm encouraging you please, please, please come out to the McQueenie Gun Club. And while you're there, even if perhaps you're not a wing shooter, Chris is not a wing shooter, I'm not a wing shooter, shotguns have never been my thing, but if you want to see an example of just beautiful craftsmanship, have someone show you one of the Benelli firearms. It may be something that you want to get just as a collector's item and a beautiful, beautiful collection of Benelli firearms over at the McQueenie Gun Club. Just when you thought the shotgun couldn't get any more perfect. Benelli, Benelli went and made it. So so anyway, um, came to the class. It was a Saturday morning. Chris, the first thing that really jumped out at me, and I want to get your opinion on this, is I'm trying to be the right way to say this. I'm not, I don't mean this in, in any way to sound disparaging how normal the crowd looked. These are just everyday people that you see at HEB, at Walmart, at Target, at church, at Whataburger. These are just regular, everyday people that simply want to protect themselves. Has that been your experience since you've been doing the classes? Yeah, the demographics go straight across the board, man. I mean, every sector, every financial, every ethnicity. Um, the last the last class, uh, we had everybody from a neurosurgeon to a bricklayer, literally, and they were all there for the same purpose. They were they were afraid. They 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 were concerned for their safety and their families. So they're all there doing something about it. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of um, an episode I watched on HBO of Veep where the vice president is going to run for president and she kind of wants one of everything behind her when she makes her announcement because it yeah. had that feel. It was just everyday people. And it honestly, it, it, it made me, you know, I told, I told Matt, I said, you know, this is, I really believe in what the gun club is all about. I really believe that people have that right. You know, when you drive out to the gun club, you know, when, when I take my drive out to the gun club, I leave the, familiar suburbs of north of New Braunfels off County Line Road, the Dove Crossing and the terraces of New Braunfels, that whole area. And as you make that ride down 725, you see some houses that are out in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, if if you're somebody looking to break into a house and and are not wanting to worry about the neighbors hearing the glass break, well, that's exactly where you're going to go. And it is unbelievable to me that we are now in a situation where the Supreme Court, with the passing of Justice Scalia, there are four very thoughtful and learned legal scholars who think if it's Chris and his wife living out there in the country, you should not have a right to own a firearm. And and that's not an exaggeration, Chris. There are people that honestly believe you should not possess that right. Oh, there's a lot of them. There's a huge amount that, 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 that believe that. 
and this is probably the the biggest danger we faced because if that court there the court was only one one liberal away from being able to control the agenda and and that's up for grabs now you know the the, the hopefully the only prayer is that they'll be able to postpone that until the until the elections are over but that's that's if well, let me get back to the class because it was very interesting now the other thing that kind of I, I shouldn't say it amused me. It actually made me a little nervous when I was up there um, plugging in the microphone and stuff. There's a moment early on in the class where you tell everybody, make sure your weapons are cleared. And, of course, no, no. everyone no, takes no. That's not, that's not per- no, that's not correct. What I tell the folks is to put the weapons on the table. Please don't that's touch right. them, handle them, or fondle them. Um, I clear right. the weapons. I, I, and you if clear, I okay. see somebody... Yeah, I clear everything. I don't want them handling them because, you know, common sense would dictate you don't bring the loaded weapon into the classroom, but every class, you know, sometimes people don't think and they forget or this and that, so I go by, I clear each weapon myself. I do not allow the class to do that. And then all ammunition, all of everybody's ammunition is put back into the back closet and locked up. I was misremembering the, the chronology because my back was to the class for a bit of that. Yeah. But it was when all the guns came out on the table, <laughs> and many of them were pointing right at me. So it was a little, it was a little intimidating. So I was like, let me go to the back yeah. and get a cup if all, of coffee. If all, the students are, if all the students are listening, they don't touch them, and I'll, they'll open their bag for me as I get to them. Every once in a while, somebody gets ahead or excited, and they'll – try to take their gun out and we tell them please don't you know handle your weapons we'll 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 make sure of that it's not that we don't trust yeah. them it's just that we want safety of and course we can't have yeah. we, we we need to be the ones clearing those weapons absolutely so they, thank you for clarifying that that's folks that's why they let me host the podcast but not teach not teach the firearm safety <laughs> class um a couple of other observations uh my other observation right off was the place was packed there was not an empty seat in the room so what does that tell you about people's attitudes about this? Yeah, this is the our classes have been filling up. Um it, it it's 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 rewarding to us because it means we're doing something right. At the end of each class I always ask, please, you know, if you have any critique, please give it to me because we're constantly looking for ways to improve this class. If you don't, tell your friends. Right. Right. Well I was I was I was kind of um, I was impressed because, like I said, the whole every, – every seat was taken. And folks have never seen the class. It's a pretty decent-sized classroom. There must have been over 25 people, I believe, in that class when I was there. And um, so that was certainly very, very impressive. Now, for people that have never been, uh, what are some things that you could tell them? I, I'm sure there have got to be some people – that that come into that situation, as I said to you in the in the pre-show, it's different than defensive driving. You know, it's not like going to other kinds of community education classes when you go to learn how to do scrapbooking. You know, at the um, right. community college or photography at the library, you're not you know bringing in your Sig Sauer uh, purse and pocket piece. And it, it it I think it has to be a little intimidating perhaps for people that have never taken a class like that or have never really fired a handgun before what are some things you would say to them or so people could tell their family members that maybe they've been encouraging to go take a class what are some tips that you can give them number one thing if you've never fired a handgun before you really need to get an hour or so training at least on that gun before you take the chl class because we're not there to teach you how to shoot 
we'll correct right. you for safety. We, you know, we do, we do go, we, we do have a lot of value added material to the class far above what DPS requires. And in that we cover grip, stance, et cetera, et cetera. But which is not a shooting class. And, and just like that class, that last class that you saw, I had a guy on the line. He was having trouble. He raised his hand. I can't get this loaded. And he was putting the rounds in his magazine in backwards. Oh, my goodness. And I'm thinking, have you ever shot this weapon? Have you ever shot this weapon? And he said, no, just got it. Never have shot it. Well, not really the right time to experiment, you know, nope. but... We we have RSOs there, and we we do our best to get people through through the process and get them through safely, and that's the big thing, get them through safely. You know, we had one yeah, lady well, in another yeah. class just recently that I would not allow to shoot. It wasn't going to happen. Mm. It just right. just was not safety conscious. She had all the opportunities in the world. Nicely told her this is not going to happen today. Yeah. And but, you have to because you know, you've got twenty some out of the people safety that you're responsible for. But I'm sure that's the exception. I'm sure that's the yeah. you know, wow. they need to okay, well, listen, uh, open, need to come prepared with an open mind. Um with a humble heart sometimes because we'll get some shooters in there that have had some training and 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 they'll they'll actually when Nick or I start talking about range safety rules or the bra- hot brass dance, they'll start to gap us off and generally those are the people that that have the worst discipline, the worst safety discipline. It's, you know, this is a very laid-back class. This is not a big right. macho, testosterone-filled environment. We're simply here to give you the, the benefit of our years of experience, our training, our certifications, plus the DPS material, and do it in hopefully an enjoyable manner that will get you to memorize and, and learn this stuff because you need to know the rules if you're going to carry that gun. Absolutely, absolutely, and I and I had fun telling them some jokes and stuff too. That was actually kind of yeah. You did good. You were a great opening. Man. I was a. I've I've been a corporate trainer and a professional speaker, so I'm I'm certainly very much at ease in that environment. Hey, um, the, the next thing coming up this Saturday is the advanced carry class, and this is uh, much different than the license to carry class for people that have seen yep. that out on Facebook. Um, what are what are some of the bullet points that they need to know um, and, and reasons they need to come attend that? Because that sounds like a really high-speed class. Yeah, advanced carries is a whole a whole new animal. Yeah, that's that'll be a week from today. Uh, it's It covers everything that we would love to be able to teach um, but in a more advanced, we it, you you have to be proficient with a handgun to take this class. This is not a beginner's class. We'll cover uh, equipment types of carry, body physiology, physiology, shooter, active shooters, mass shootings, predatory selection, goals, types of attacks, OODA loop, Wyatt's protocol. We can throw Hicks Law in there. Um, how to get off the threat vector? It's just it's divided into three sections. The first section will be in his mind. It's about two and a half, three hours in classroom, and I will teach you basically the geometry of the dance. I'll teach you the mindset. I will teach you how to be able to get in a, how to survive in a situation that you might not have been able to before, simply because you because of your knowledge of the geometry of it, or the the flow of it. You know, every gunfight is chaos, but there is a you know you, there is a controlled flow if you're if you're doing this if you're in this thing correctly. Uh, then you'll go to Jason for some some easy ways. This is not martial the arts. other Jason. Class. Uh, this you'll go to Jason. He'll teach you simple ways to gain space between you and an attacker. 
And space equates to distance, which equates to time. It gives you a better chance of survival. And then you'll go to Nick. And Nick our, is our, 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 our great pistol arrow. He'll teach you some, some pistol skills. This is not shooting at paper targets behind the box. This is where we actually go downrange, engage while we're walking, running, crossing lateral, behind barricades, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it looks like a it looks like a great great class. And do you know is there still room available for folks if they if they want to sign up? Yes, sir. We've got about four okay. to four or five slots left for that next Saturday. Well, listen, folks. Speaking of that, I was, uh, the, uh, I was I was just kind of uh, getting ready and posting the link out on the social media sites yesterday, and I saw this from a a lady uh, with Moms of New Braunfels posted yesterday, well February eighteenth. As two days ago at 4:53 at night, says just witnessed a mugging at Rolling Oaks Mall. The woman will survive, but she was beaten and dragged. Um, here is what the man told her: I think my wife hit your car when she bent down to look. He jumped her, dragged her a good half of the parking lot. I heard screams right after the car, and got a good plate number. Um, and I thought to myself, well, had that lady been properly trained, I don't think she ever would have fallen for that. Both of them. Yeah. You know, the, the, just be aware. Okay, if you if you think your wife hit my car, where's your wife? Why isn't your wife telling me this? It is just, it is a different mindset that people have. Um, I was speaking to a friend at the school the other day, and and I mentioned to her why I wore the kind of shoes I wore when I dressed up, and I said it comes from my traveling days on the airplane that if something happened and I had to you know walk a long distance, I didn't want to try doing that in a in a pair of dress shoes, and she goes, oh, all men are like that. They're always thinking about the possibility of bad things happening. I said, no, actually not all men are like that. The men that survive are like that. Uh, Chris is like that. I'm like that. Nick's like that. But they're not all like that. So that's the name of the show. Be vigilant. Someone walks up to you and says, I think my wife hit your car. Where's the wife? Don't be a sucker, people. Um, What Chris always talks about, be aware. Look around. Put your cell phone away and be aware of your surroundings. When we get back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit about what is really a seismic tectonic shift in the constitutional uh, nature of our Supreme Court, Um, subtraction by subtraction. uh, One of the great, uh, I wouldn't say he was out hunting, so we know he must have been a a sportsman, Um, but he wasn't just a, a pro Second Amendment uh, just he was a very strict constitutionalist. He believed the Constitution uh, was put together for a reason, and one of the great champions of that has gone to be with God. And so we're going to talk about that, and we'll do it all right after this. Absolutely right. This is not a test. This is the real thing. I'm real. I'm Jason Dyes, and he's real. His name is Chris Siegel, and this is the Vigilant American brought to you by the McQueenie Gun Club and Benelli Firearms. Real quick, um, by way of uh, just a quick uh, little moment of news, uh, I want to 
congratulate the Cross Lutheran Lady Eagles, who went out and won a state championship, Chris, last Sunday uh, by one point. A <laughs> basketball game can oh, be decided by, by one. I mean, it can't get any closer than that. You folks may have seen him in the newspaper on Thursday. It's the third state championship for Cross Lutheran, and so that was exciting. And then I want to send out a huge shout-out and much love to my good, dear friend, Colonel Full Colonel Newland made full colonel yesterday's ceremony was at Fort Sam Houston yesterday. Uh, just a great, great American. Uh, four kids uh, married from Nebraska uh, has, and has just been in the Army a long, long time. And, and as a guy who grew up almost exactly at the midpoint between Randolph Air Force Base and Fort Sam Houston, I can tell you full colonels, that's a rare thing. That is a rank that takes a lot of dedication and professionalism to attain. So we want to, we want to, and he's a sportsman. He, uh, He's got a nice um, AR-15 carbine. In fact, I'm going to invite him to come shoot out at the range today if it's not too crowded. But um, I want to congratulate uh, Eric and his wife, Tammy. Uh, Great, great American family. Uh, So congratulations to him. Hey, folks, that's uh, with about two, eight minutes left on the show. We've got to talk about this, Chris, because like I said, this is a tectonic shift in the court. Um, The name of the show, Which Amendment? Question mark. Um, Chris and I do not want our grandkids and great-grandkids ever to have to ask the question, what was that amendment that allowed us to own firearms? And you may be thinking, okay, but guys like you and Chris are just, as Chris so eloquently put it, tinfoil, hat-wearing nut jobs. Oh, really? Because the last time the Supreme Court sat down to decide whether people had a right to own a firearm in their home, the person they were talking about was a police officer in Washington, D.C. that used his handgun in his job every day but was not allowed to have it loaded in his home at night in the District of Columbia. So they had a court case to see which was right. Should he be allowed to have his gun unlocked and uh, not disassembled in his home at night? Now, Chris, that sounds like a pretty simple question, right? A police officer should be able to have a handgun in his home. Do you know how the court came down on that? what the vote was? No idea. It was five to four. So there were four justices that thought somebody like Chris, when he was a police officer, when he goes home at night, should have to put a trigger lock on his handgun and or disassemble it. And so we're talking one vote. Please understand, people that are listening, there is a tremendous I don't know if it's a majority of people yet, but there are a tremendous number of people who do not believe that the Second Amendment applies to individuals, but rather their favorite word, a regulated militia, because that's what everyone gets hung up on, that the state regulates the militia, which means it shouldn't even be a federal case, but that's a whole other story. But Chris, we are in a situation now where, trust me, President Obama is not going to nominate Ted Nugent to the Supreme Court. Correct. So these are serious days, aren't they? Yes, very. You know, the the only hope is that the the clearer minds will prevail and the process will be blocked or put off until the new president is elected. But I that that's real iffy right now. There's precedent for that, but we'll see. Well, and it it certainly changes the scope. Of the election, <laughs> literally scope. That was a that was a sort of an unintended um, pun. But um, the simple reality is, 
you know, if if there is a new justice uh, like a Ginsburg or a or or somebody like that, a liberal judge, um, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that uh, there will be all kinds of cases brought to the court. And it takes a while to get to the Supreme Court, but um, to challenge this this uh, right to own and, and bear arms and amendments. There's nothing in the Constitution that says an amendment is permanent. You know, amendments can be overturned uh, by popular vote, by uh, congressional activity, and by uh, Supreme Court rulings. Now, I'm not an attorney. Uh, I, I did minor in constitutional law in college. I'm not an attorney. Uh, but, but it is just a fascinating thing, Chris, that here we are in 2016 living in what I think are some of the most dangerous periods in, in the history of America, and there is a huge chunk of people who think you and I should not be able to have our firearms responsibly owned and possessed in our homes. Not not in public. Forget that for a minute. We've already won that today. There are honestly people who believe that Chris Siegel, as trained and as well-prepared as any person has ever been to possess and own a firearm, that you should not be allowed to have them in your home. Yeah, it's, so that's where we are. Go ahead. No, it, it's it's sad that we've come to this, but it has been coming, especially during this administration. And people just don't realize how this can hugely and grossly affect the outcome of the election. Yeah, for sure. And um, I will say that I've I've you know I'm like I said I'm 48. So I remember uh, Bill Clinton's presidency very, very well. I was the president of the Contra Republicans at UTSA when he was elected in 1992. And, you know, as, as much as the problem I had with uh, President Clinton and some of his policies, I never honestly felt, Chris, like he was out to radically change the United States. He might have had some different opinions about taxes and things like that that I didn't agree with, but I didn't honestly think he was out to radically change the United States. No, and, um, I, I don't think I don't think he was either. Um, as long as he had an intern to keep him happy, I don't think <laughs> but, I, but I do feel that way. And, and you know, and I've told you this before, very honestly. I've, I've never been able to bring myself to have sort of the personal animosity towards the the president, uh, President Obama, that some people do, because I believe in a, in a representative republic, you get the presidents that that you deserve. But I I do believe. Uh, that he is out to to change the meaning and definition and culture of America. Um, he met with the Black Lives Matter people this week. He yep. hasn't said a word about all these police officers that are being gunned down um, in the streets. Lost, I think uh, we lost eight or nine in the last week and a half, two weeks. Yeah, and I don't think he said anything about it. I mean, if, if it were no, the yeah, other way around, it would be a national epidemic. And that's what I mean. Um, the world turned upside down. It is just, you know, I think I said on the show last week, when a, when a thug commits a crime, he is innocent until proven guilty. When a, when a police officer does something, he's guilty until proven innocent. And, of course, all of this goes back to the Ferguson situation, none of which was ever true. None of the things that were described to us initially about that case were ever true. And it just, again, it just amazes me. And, again, more reason. As, as these things happen and the police are under attack, you've, always, you've said it many times, 
the, the police are a reactive force to begin with. So I think the responsibility of personal safety descends to the individual. And sadly, we're in a situation right now where the U.S. Supreme Court may get to a place where they say, well, too bad, uh, Chris and Jason and your wives and kids, they'll just have to wait till the police get there if it's not too late. You don't have the right to arm yourselves. And I think you said it. You said I think that would be something that hopefully the people would never go for. Correct. Well, cool. Well, we'll keep talking about it. There's never a dull moment in in the in the world of uh, guns and, and advocates and opponents and stuff like that. I did reach out to that professor at UT about being on this show. I have not heard back from him. The guy that wants to uh, force kids that open carry to the back of the classroom or kick them out of his class. So we'll see if we can get him on in the next few weeks. Hey, listen, buddy, you have a great day um, at the gun club and a great week. We'll look forward to hearing about the advanced carry class. And uh, as always, certainly enjoy having you uh, co-hosting the show with me. Good to see you. Good to talk to you again, Jason. Take care. Hey. All right, brother. Uh, hey, everybody else. Like I said, like us on Facebook, uh, share the link with your friends, tell people about the gun club. If you're looking for, um, if you need some gunsmithing services, come on over. If you're looking, just want to spend the afternoon. There's nothing good on TV now anyway. Football season's over. Um, come out for an hour. And it, I, like I said many times, I find it very, very relaxing just to shoot. Uh, take a look at the at the gun shop. Tons of great cool things to look at. And, of course, if you have a, a family member or you yourself have been thinking about getting your license to carry, you're not going to find a better place to do it. Get a hold of somebody at the gun club. If you already have your LTC, you're thinking about the advanced carry, Give them a call. A lot of times Facebook is the fastest way to get a response to questions. Uh, they are busy over there. Um, so we look forward to seeing you at the gun club. Be safe. Shoot them straight. And until next we speak, we'll talk to you all next week. Take care. The end of the end, that's all, folks. <laughs>